The saga of the tickets finally ends. We're having one last discussion about Ozzy Osbourne on the Metal Shop Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this week, we are discussing Ozzy. Again. The saga of the tickets has ended. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so the concert got canceled Officially. after being postponed twice. Yeah. And, um, and so now I'm gathering up the tickets and I'm going to go take them back tomorrow, probably, and... Still got to ask to keep the tickets yeah, so everybody gets their souvenirs. The yeah. And um, I don't see why that would be a problem. Yeah. You know, because everything's going to be electronic. You yeah. Know? I got them on a credit card. So so I guess that's how that works. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I kind of saw this one coming once they, once they said the diagnosis and all that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, really... Fuck. I, I mean, if I was sick like that, the last thing I would want to fucking be is on tour. Yeah. You know, I'm fucking feeling that shit, and he doesn't need the money. You know, I yeah. mean, I feel like sharing is always about getting more money, but they don't need it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're good. What do they got? Like 20 years, I mean, left a piece of if that shit. They're good. Probably longer for sharing. Yeah, probably longer for sharing. She's going to... She's going to... uh Drink some blood and shit and fucking yeah. yeah. Oh, I said before, I don't think I don't think Ozzy's making it to to twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah. I think between all the shit he's done to himself, how you know getting you know mm-hmm. getting Parkinson's and all that, mm-hmm. I just I just don't see it <clears throat> being a long term prognosis for him. Right now, he's got the money to get the best treatment available. Of course, yeah. And that does make a difference. It does, but he also has the self-destructive tendencies to not do it. Right, um, right. Or to do something that's going to, like, counteract it. Yeah. Or, you know. Like you had talked about before, if you ever found out you had a terminal disease, you're not sober anymore. Right. You're going out with a bang. There's half a chance that that happens with Ozzy. Sure. You know, he's fallen off the wagon plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. For plenty of reasons. I mean, if he, if he starts a course of treatments... And it doesn't seem to be helping, then yeah, I could definitely see him go. Well, fuck it, you know, yeah. let's have a drink then, or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, and I mean, and and in some ways, you know, like 
for certain things, he, he might even feel better, you know, like, um, because like everything, even though it has a bad side, sometimes has a good side. For yeah. example, like, I don't know if you know this, but if you do meth, you can get over a common cold in like two days yeah. because your system is just going so fast. It just fucking runs its course and chucks it out that quick. Yeah. So in that sense, well, well hey, sold. it's you good. <laughs> you sold me on meth. There you go. Season. See, so um, it sucks. I um, mean, you know, but I think like being fans of the music that we're fans of, this is something that is we're starting to have to get used to, and we're gonna have to get more and more used to it. Yeah, because our heroes are dying. Yeah, I mean, we get you know, for me, uh, it sucks not being able to see it. You know, because I never did see Ozzy solo. Right. Um. But I I also go like well, I liked Black Sabbath better than I liked Solo Ozzy, mm-hmm. and I saw Ozzy with Black Sabbath twice. Right, and both were fucking amazing, and I had a great time. I saw that Black Sabbath during their farewell at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's still up there in greatest concert experiences. So Hell I don't yeah. feel like I've completely missed out on Ozzy. Right, because when you go and see him live now. There's going to be a mix of a lot of songs in there that I'm not interested in. True, yeah. And then he's going to play some songs that I dig, and then of course he's going to play Crazy Train, which I'm over. Mm-hmm, and he'll mm-hmm. mix, he'll throw in a couple of Black Sabbath tunes mm-hmm. to you know get some fans, you know, that maybe they didn't get to see Black Sabbath on the way out and stuff. Right. Because I did see he's been doing like Iron Man and stuff. Right. On this tour before all hell broke loose on it. Right. So, he's, you know, it would have been cool to see, but it's like, you know, I, I'm not big on Zach Wilde. Right. And he is going to have to be pulling a lot of weight on that, doing backing vocals. Yeah. And this and that. Well, you know, um, I've been up and down on Zach. I dug him when he first came out. Then I got a little tired of it because it was kind of all the same. Yeah. And, uh, but... I mean, boy, do I wish he was on this new record. Yeah. I really do. I mean, you know, um, we are going to talk about the new record. Big Frog got a advanced, advanced copy. copy. 100%. You know, that, that's how we do it now. We're big time now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ozzy's people got a hold of me, you know. You know. No, but we've heard, we heard the album. It's, uh, you know, for me, I mean, it is what it is because of how it came about. You know, and I've done a little bit of research on how this all started. And basically it was Kelly Osborne. And she knows this dude, Andrew Wattman, a.k.a. Andrew Watt. Yeah. Who's a producer, guitar player. Uh, and he, he does a lot of shit. You know, he's got a, um, a Grammy for producing Cardi B's album. Yeah. Okay. So that's where that's where he's coming from. But he's also, a, you know, a pretty good guitar player. And Kelly Osborne knows him. And she was like, well, why don't you uh, do a song with my dad? You know, whatever. And, and of course, I mean, you know, sounds like an interesting idea. Fucking Ozzy, you know. Yeah, why not? So, uh, so they put it together and they did that Post Malone record. And then they approached him about doing an album. Because, probably because they saw that as a hip-hop producer is supposed to do he basically is in charge of the whole music yeah you know and all all the rapper has to do is come and rap 
So all Ozzy had to do basically was play the role of the rapper and come and sing. Yeah, just come be Ozzy. Basically. So uh, so it is what it is. I'm not surprised at how it came out. It's not terrible. It's definitely not great. But, you know, I don't know. I guess you'll have, you'll have to listen to it yourself, but we're, we'll give you our thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I took a listen. To, I gave it a once through yesterday um and listen to a couple of the other tracks that i enjoyed a little bit more again today um it's it's better than his last one okay um because that was where he had that weird rasputin looking producer on that shit right um but i don't know it was it sucks when you see stuff like this, because whatever, he got something done. I'm sure it's going to sell a lot. Was the last one Scream? Yeah. No, I like that better than this. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I can see what you mean, though. But I just felt like, I felt like Scream was like a even bigger departure from Ozzy's sound than normal. Right. This, at least, you know, Andrew Watt, he's not a great guitarist by any means. His solos were very much lacking i don't know why see that's why i don't like when the producer wants to play guitar and shit right like that. Um, and you know that and that's a problem it wouldn't be as big of a problem if it wasn't ozzy yeah and ozzy's got just a history and a lineage of guitarists that he's played with yeah and this dude is not in that league you know no that's kind of yeah i mean ozzy has kind of a you know ozzy is to guitarists yeah, he's the that. godfather, well, basically. He, Ozzy is to guitarist as Blackmore was to vocalist. There you go. That's what I was going for. There you go. Perfect. But, That's uh, perfect. You know, Ozzy, he would handpick these dudes. And honestly, who knows what would happen? It, it all, it basically, you know, it all boils down to Randy dying. Right. Um, if Randy didn't die the way he died... We don't know how long Randy would have been with Ozzy anyway, but right. who knows? We would have at least gotten one more out of him. Right. But because of that, it starts a series of, okay, well, we need some dudes that can fucking play Randy's shit. Right. So it forces him to keep finding, like, hardcore shredders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after trying to, you know, after having some people filling in the gaps a little bit, to get through then he finds jakey lee mm-hmm. and jakey lee's like becomes like the next you know guitar god for a minute for right. some folks right and then jake leaves and then you got zach and right. it's like and zach's the one that's stuck around the longest yeah forever and technically know. he was supposed to do this tour yeah so yeah i don't know why they didn't have him on the record but you know it it seems like a um it seems to me that it was probably a time and uh, convenience thing. Yeah. And and basically that the guitar wasn't going to be really in the spotlight anyway. So it wasn't worth making it take longer or making it, you know, more taxing for Ozzy or whatever. Because, um, you know, Ozzy says in an interview that he poured his heart and soul into this album. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, and I, I, I go, yeah, but I go, well, 
only took like what three days to pour your fucking soul into yeah. something because really that's what it sounded like, like he was there for a very yeah, short you, time you really poured your heart and soul in a scary little green man okay? yeah yeah exactly Which i kind of dig that track that's actually one of my favorite ones like the subject matter is at, at first mm-hmm. when i i was like he's singing about martians and shit yeah and alien abductions and at first i'm like this is fucking dumb yeah but the vocal lines and the choruses are actually pretty solid. Right. Like he's got good melody in there. But then I got to think, like, this isn't any sillier than Fairies Wear Boots. Yeah, fairies... except for you didn't know what Fairies Wear Boots were about. See, yeah. that's the good thing about the vagueness of the fucking... Yeah, Sabbath, at least, everybody got fucking high. Yeah. So you could kind of be like, whoa, Fairies Wear Boots, yeah. man. What, what could that mean? Right. But, um, you know... But the what's trippy though is, you know, they have Andrew Watt producing and playing lead guitar, mm-hmm. but then they picked up like pretty solid fucking dudes. Otherwise, like Chad Smith is drumming through the whole out- right. record. Duff McKagan is playing bass. Right, he has some he has some nice moments. Yeah, Slash does a couple of uh, yeah solos in there. Uh, Elton John is on it. Right. Uh, Doing piano and co-lead vocals on a song. Tom Morello. Tom Morello makes some on noises one. on it. Yeah, Post Malone gets in on that shit. Yeah, again. he's on two. You know, a couple of things that I noticed that uh, because I was kind of trying to like break down how this shit was made, and one of the things that uh, that tripped me out was um, this chick that's on it. Okay, her name is. Ali Tamposi, and she is a songwriter. She works with like um, rap artists. She works with like Beyonce and singers, and basically, so she's a lyricist, melody writer type of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's on six songs. So basically, what I'm figuring is that she works with with Andrew Watt, and she's like his lyricist and he, to shit that he puts the music to. So together they kind of wrote these these songs. They also give credit to uh, Duff and Chad Smith and Andrew Watman and Ozzy, right? And so it's it's a very much a fucking team thing. And one of the things that that tripped me out is that like there's four songs that are exactly four minutes and twenty seconds long. Yeah. Okay. Which besides the significance of that that's it, the pop song like. yeah it's a very cut and dry pop song and then uh the uh, the rest of them are almost exactly four or five minutes yeah so in a sense it's uh and this is where kind of having been in rap music for a minute kind of uh enlightens me to this shit is that basically like when you're creating a rap song you uh, a rap song is basically this intro, sixteen bars of a verse, four or eight bars of a hook, sixteen bars of a verse, fucking four or eight bars of a hook, sixteen bars of a verse outro, yeah. and that's your rap song. Um, of course, there's departures from that, but basically that's it. And so basically, you lay down the drum track with all that taken into consideration. It's about four minutes. And then all you have to do is fill up that space. Yeah. In a sequ- on a sequencer. 
you fucking cut and paste and fucking make it looks like a fucking little Lego house on your computer. <laughs> and then and you've got your fucking rap song and then you put your vocals on it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened here. You know? So in a sense, it's Ozzy um, made a rap album. Almost. <laughs> you know, and it's um it's very well produced. It sounds good. Yeah. You know, uh, it sounds a little too produced to me. It is very, but, but that's is, the nature of it. The guitar is very clinical. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, it's missing something. It's like if you, it's like if you had a a computer try to recreate uh, Iomi. Exactly. That is almost exactly what it is, and and I have that here. I have that here because I have. Um, I went straight. I, w- I took notes for each song, uh-huh. right? So um, from "Straight to Hell," "Straight to Hell" is the first song on the record. Uh, that's been out for a while, right? Yeah, featuring the all the classic Aussie lyrics of "All right now, all right now, come on now, come on now," which <laughs> which joins the other uh, Aussie classics, uh, such as "Ask the Reasons Why" and "You Gotta Believe Me." Yeah, which uh, those are fucking uh, staples. But um, I don't think I'll Make You Defecate is going to um, go into the that classic uh, yeah. Ozzy lyric vault. Well, it's a little bit late in the, uh, in the, game, in the game to start putting I'll Make You Defecate on everything. Right, right. But, you know, maybe he'll cut another record. I but mean, it, we're, we're sitting here talking like... We're doing, this, we're doing this episode like Ozzy died or something. Right. But, I mean... As far as we know, for all intents and purposes, right, he's probably not gonna tour ever again. I don't think so. I don't see him making another record. So this is I do, because it's just because this one was so easy. So yeah. why not? You know, maybe I'll start going all Ingve with it, where he right. just has a studio at home and people come over. You know that that would be. Well, I don't know. I you know just... that's almost exactly what this is in a sense. Is almost exactly like, like Ingve just, but Ozzy's the Ingve uh, yeah. in a sense because that's what matters, and you know. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, it's very clear that Ozzy is the focal point. I mean, he's he's generally the focal point, but more so where before. You had guys like Randy doing their fucking thing, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's kicking ass, which means Ozzy has to work a little harder, right? To uh, to be the dude, right? Where now it's like nothing's overpowering Ozzy. You're mm-hmm. not gonna have like a fucking wicked solo to make you oh, who's this fucking guy, right? It's all just like cool. I'm gonna listen to Ozzy do Ozzy stuff, right? For good or for bad, yeah, and. See, That's I would have, I would have liked that that six solo to fucking to knock it out of the park, you know. Um, like for example, in this song, "Straight to Hell," it's a, a slash solo. Yeah, and it see it's a it's a wah wah solo, kind of Iomi like in a in a weird way. Well, you know, because it's pentatonic because it's slash, and it's wah wah, so that kind of brings you back to some early Iomi yeah and and put the two together and yeah so I think um the riff was also Iomi like so yeah. yeah this song pretty much sums up what you said about if a computer spit yeah. out some Iomi I got it. very 
I got very big hole in the sky vibes from mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. main main riff. Yeah, totally. Which is cool because some of these songs didn't have a main riff. Yeah. Which is weird. You just kind of have good. It's, it's like noise. Yes, noise or little. Uh, there might be some strings going yeah, on. Yeah, nondescript uh, strings. Yeah, you know, which don't really uh, stand out. You know, it's like see the second song, "All My Life," is a ballad. Yeah. Again, the intros are not very memorable. It's not something you're gonna remember. By the way, that I one thing that I noticed that Ali Tamposi chick, the one that I said she writes with Beyonce, yeah. she looks a lot like Jesse Pitcock. Huh. You know who she is? Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, the, it, because when I when I looked up the images or whatever, I was like, shit, that looks like Jesse Pitcock. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what oh, she looks worse like. worse girls to look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on now this everybody's, one, <laughs> a few people are going to go on Facebook looking for <laughs> yeah. Jesse Pitcock now. Yeah. So uh, on this song in All My Life, I really, I kind of like the solo. It's like, um, it's melodic, it's nice. I liked it better than the than the slash solo on the first song, so that was my initial. Uh, yeah. See what you mean about the chick. Yeah, <laughs> so that was my initial um, reaction to that. Another thing that this has on this album, and this song has it too, is there's a lot of outro solos, where the solo's not in the middle of the song, it's on the way out. Yeah. And, um, I'm so glad that's back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate outro solos. Yeah. It's and always just cutting off of... A cutting off some good shit usually, yeah, yeah. but this is, I don't care as much. Right, right. So, uh, so that song, you know, it's okay, whatever, all my life. Um, the next song is um, Goodbye. And, you know, when the first couple of songs came out and they were all about, like, the graveyard and uh-huh. whatever, I thought, wow, is this whole album going to be themed like yeah. I'm dying, you know, kind of thing? And it's really not. But uh, but this song kind of is, you know, uh, Goodbye. And, uh, in, oh, it also goes to another uh, Aussie mainstay lyric, which is You Can't Change Me. Yeah. Because you can't change Ozzy. Not since the Sabbath days. (laughs) That's been ever present. So um, there's there's no riff in this song at the beginning. Like literally no riff whatsoever. The riff comes in after the first uh, verse. 
and then uh, and then there's a fast part. Oh, there's a slide solo. Now, you know what, man? I mean, I'm not a big fan of slide guitar in the first place, even from dudes who can really, really do it. Yeah. But if you're not like a professional slide player, you really shouldn't be recording slide guitar solos. And this one is not good. It's it's not good at all. And then it goes into the fast part, which is cool. It's got a nice bass. That's Duff McKagan doing a nice fucking like little bass. And then it's got actually three solos in this song, which would be normally great for me. Yeah. Except for that two of them aren't very good. Yeah. And one of them's pretty good. So that's cool. Do you have any memories? One thing that I noticed about the lyrics is it has kind of like a, a, a standard way of doing it that I've seen other people do. And I call it like the don't stand so close to me formula, <laughs> which is that it's just like two syllables, two syllables, and then a line. Yeah. Like in this case, it's dark memories, dark memories. They keep me up all night. Right. Yeah. To whereas you know, where the formula is young teacher, the subject of yeah. schoolgirl fantasy, same shit. It's, it's the same uh, formula of it, and it's been done a lot, and yeah. they do it on here. So whatever, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really not that bad of a song. It's, it's among, I think, maybe the better ones. Yeah, when I was listening to it... Um, I was definitely like when I was just looking at the 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 track listing, yeah, goodbye. I assumed was gonna be just like a ballad. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this song actually rocks a little harder than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah, it did get started. Yeah. So next up is Ordinary Man. That's the one with Elton John. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about this one, I think, for whatever reason, Ozzy ballads translate better. Over time, like yeah. you could take one ballad from one song, put it on a different album, and it wouldn't like be entirely out of place. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this one. You know, um, the Elton John. I like Elton John. You I mean, know? he's a good singer. He plays piano good. I mean, right. There's nothing. I mean, it's a pretty standard 
Ozzy Ballad. Right. Uh, Elton John, when he's singing, is probably the highlight of the song. Yeah. Because he's a better singer than Ozzy. Yeah, he adds something to it, for sure. So. And this uh, solo is also by Slash, but this one is actually, like, in the style of Slash. Yeah. Like, if you ordered a Slash solo, this is what you get. And and uh, so, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Slash. I just I know that a lot of people are. So if you're a fan of Slash, then you'll probably love that solo. And I liked it. it it's, it's pretty good. Probably, there's probably a good reason that they released this one first. I think um, it's one of the more solid songs. brings us to Under the Graveyard, the first song released from the album. And um, actually was the second song recorded after the Post Malone song. It's got some good guitars on it, you know, whatever. Um, one thing that I hate about it is the end of the riff because it has like, it has that, oh, oh, oh dun, dun, 
Yeah. And to me, that dun-dun just reminds me of, like, the end of every mariachi song that ever was. <laughs> And I fucking hate that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, this song, I, I, I found that part to be annoying and lacking in creativity. Yeah. You know, they could have gone so many different ways with that. But the cool thing about this song in particular is compared to some of the other songs is it actually kind of sounds like an Aussie record. You know? Yeah. So it sounds like a... I get like a late '90s, early 2000s yeah. Aussie. Yeah. From it. If like there would have been some squeals on here, yeah, nailed it. I mean, that's the thing is, we don't know how many of these he would have played live, but you would have been having Zach playing live, right. which means the solo is going to be different, right? Because yeah, he tries to play the Randy stuff, right? Note for note, as much as because he, he loves Randy. Yeah, but he's yeah. not going to fucking recreate oh, a no. slash solo or. He's going to play it in his style. So, yeah, it's going to squeal a lot. Right. You know, right. it's going to have some wah on there. Yeah. Dump, dump, be like, wah, wah, after everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wah, wah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. The next song is Eat Me. Yeah. Strange one, you know. Uh, but then Ozzy's always had those tongue-in-cheek type of songs, you know. And so the, in that way, it uh, it fits in, you know, to the tradition or whatever. Uh, it's got a bass intro. That's also an old Ozzy staple of things, you know. And, and I like the intro. Yeah. Uh, I like Duff as a bass player. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think Duff doesn't give an, get enough love sometimes mm. as a bass player for whatever reason. I know a lot of the Guns N' Roses stuff wasn't really, really bass heavy. Right. Um, I do think that uh, one of my favorite bass lines of all time, though, is on Paradise City. Right. When it's in the, you know, the fast part of the song. Because mm -hmm. Duff is really going off, you know, and playing a... Fairly complicated bass line, really fast. Yeah, yeah. So. He's the MVP on this song. The solo is um, pretty good. It's not bad. It's uh, middle of the road. It's, you know, it sounds kind of funny, which, you know, I guess, I mean, that's always been an Aussie thing. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, eat me. Yeah, I gave it a listen, like, once, and it was kind of like, I don't think I even finished it. I, I kind of, a lot of these, I listened to them long enough to get the point and kind of moved on, you know? Right. So, there's a couple I probably need to re-listen to again, but 
yeah, like Eat Me, it was just like, I don't know, it's that generic late era Ozzy sounding song to me, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I wasn't super into it. There's right. a reason, like I said, most of the Ozzy shit post Randy, I'm not all that huge on. So when you're like right. 40 years removed from Randy, right. practically, it's. And then you're telling me we're going to actually take a step down. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get excited about that. song today is the end another end song yeah and uh, i actually like the lyrics on this one theoretically you know and the song could have been a good song it was just like the execution's too simple it's like it's really 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 cut and paste yeah the solo's cut and paste that you could take this solo out of this song and put it in any song and it would just be the same i feel like that's kind of the problem with most of the record as i feel like it's all very cut and paste i think it's i think that's like you know and i think it's a literal cut and paste i think they just had i i get the feeling that they just had a you know he just threw down a bunch of riffs and solos and just plugged them in and or you know wherever i don't think it I don't get the vibe that these were written like you would like a band writing a song together. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 not at all. And then, and then, too, another thing, too, that happens is, especially like with Sabbath, you know, if you see old recordings of Sabbath, you'll see like where they're playing songs with actually different lyrics because they hadn't really recorded those songs yet. Yeah. And so they're in the process, you know, and they get worked out and shit. And that's how shit gets really to an optimum level, you know. And these songs were never jammed out. Yeah. You know, these well, songs I mean, are, it's like, did you, is that, how's that? Okay, that, that'll do. Yeah. Let's do it, you know. There's, there is some stuff when you listen to that old Savage shit, when you hear like old lyrics for War Pigs. Yeah. Where most of that song was completely fucking different. Yeah. Some of them I liked a little bit better than what we got. Yeah, sometimes. Because, you know, when we start with, like, generals gathered in their yeah. masses, just like witches at black masses. It's yeah. like, cool. I like how they they rhyme masses with masses. Right. But, like, the original, they like, one of the original demo versions, it was, like, a, 
witches gathered at black masses, bodies burning in red ashes. Yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, right. I'm like, there's a little more character to that. There is. I, I'm very, very uh, not a fan of rhyming the same word. Yeah. You rap or in anything. I just, it's lazy to me. Yeah. But some of the greats have done it. Even like Neil Peart did it a few times. You know, yeah. it's like fucking sometimes you can't compromise the fucking, you know, yeah. what you're trying to say to make a word run. It's like, ah, oh, shit, I wrote the word orange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing oh, rhymes with orange. Yeah. But, uh, and go back to my storage. Okay, so the next one was a very much a disappointment to me because I was very much looking forward to hearing Tom Morello solo on Scary Green Man, but he really doesn't. He just, like, sometimes in Rage, like, he would make some noises yeah. before the solo, and then he would go in and solo actual notes and shit. Yeah. And this, this one, he just noises. makes noises, you know, and... I mean, and and really, they're not even particular noises to him that yeah. you would say, oh, that's Tom Morello's noise. You know, it, it could be anybody's noise. Honestly, I didn't fucking know. I listened to that song twice. I didn't know Tom Morello was on it until I looked just right before the episode. Yeah. Um, you know, if you would have told me, oh, we're going to have Tom Morello on an Ozzy album. Right. Yeah, I would have been real fucking psyched. If Hell yeah. You, even, you know, if you just said that, if you said, like, Tom Morello's doing a solo, I'd probably be a little less enthused because his solos are interesting, but I right. don't, like, like them. Right. They're just a bunch of noises, usually. See, now, to me, knowing that Tom Morello was a huge Randy fan. Yeah. If he would have done, you know, this is what I would have done. If I was, a, if I was producing this shit, I would have said, all right. In the beginning, I want you to be fucking Tom Morello. Make your fucking weird shit with your octave pedal and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to channel Randy for a minute. And then at the end, do the Tom Morello outro again. So it's almost like a like a Tom Morello Randy sandwich. Yeah, and I, that would have been awesome. That would have been cool. I would have honestly would have been nice if they just had him play, you know, the rhythm guitar on a song, just because. Right. A lot of those rage riffs are very Sabbath inf influenced. Sure, sure. So I could see him. I mean, and Ozzy's already worked with another dude from Rage. Right. But I mean, it's like I don't know. I could have seen there. There could have been a lot more that they could have done with Tom. Oh Rambo yeah, a lot more. They did a lot more. Um, also, too, this this song, the intro. It's a picking intro. That again doesn't have a lot of personality other than that it's like in the same key as Diary of a Madman. Mm -hmm. So it has you hear a couple of little notes that are like, huh? Wait a minute. This reminds you know, me, this reminds me like. of something, yeah. But it just never gets there. It's not it's not fully developed. You know, that's yeah. that's what that's what I would say about it. I do it. think the song has its moments. It's one of my it's one of the ones I like more on it. Uh, like I said, it's got a interesting, you know, melody in, to it, and the chorus gets interesting at some parts, and then, you know, the pace of the song changes. So they have a lot of stuff that they did in it. Right. I thought it was like one of the more sonically interesting songs on it. Right. And 
in, in an album that I already, you know, I said I give this the overall I give it like a five out of ten. Yeah. So it was. It turned out to stand out to me a little bit more than I thought it was going to. Right. So. Well, there you go. Okay. is holy for tonight it's a ballad it's a weird song yeah uh the only the only person that's not in the band that was on the writing song is that uh ali tamposi mm-hmm. so that leads me to believe that she wrote the lyrics yeah right and um and it's got these weird backing vocals on it that are kind of like ah type of shit, but yeah. not in a good way, not you know <laughs> good ones, and uh, yeah, just like I would say no on this one. This is a song that I w- wouldn't have put on a record, and th- you know what? And the bottom line about this record, I think, is that you're only hearing it because it's an Aussie record. If you took the same record, yeah, all the music and everything the same, and put a different guy to sing on it and it wasn't somebody with the name of Ozzy, this record would never see the light of day. It would just it, it, it would, wouldn't be released. I don't know if it wouldn't be released. I just don't think anybody would care. Yeah. It would definitely <laughs> nobody would care. It would just be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I you think know? I think somebody would say, there's not a market for this. Yeah. You know? And and you know, it's just the way it is. I I actually wrote Wrote right here. I don't know why the fuck I wrote this. It's a no for me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, yeah. It's just no, yeah. Apparently, we're on American Idol.
Now, the next one is called It's a Raid. That's, uh, honestly, it's the high point of the record. I liked it. I like the song. It's a funny song. It's like a novelty. I like the lyrics. I could identify with the lyrics. It's like a tweaker song, basically. Yeah. You know, v- fucking being in your house, fucking tweaking balls, thinking people are coming. Yeah. And fucking weird it's shit. It's a rain, everyone. Yeah. shit. It's, yeah. such, it's an interesting song. Post Malone does good on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to dig this dude. Mm-hmm. I, I was never, like, he's not someone I would normally listen to, but. Just from looking at him, I wouldn't think I would like anything he does. The first Post Malone anything I listened to was the song he did with Ozzy. Right. So I gave it a listen. I'm like, huh, this is different than what I thought. And then right. my wife the other day, one of his songs came on, and she's like, apparently I think I like Post Malone. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm like, well, you at least like this song. She's like, this is like the second or third song of his that I've heard on the radio recently that I enjoyed. Right. And I, she's like, I just thought he was a rapper. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, he is, but he isn't. Like, right. he does. There's more to it. He does a lot of different shit. And the stuff getting on the radio is like him singing. And he right. doesn't have a bad singing voice. But the thing I liked about this is I don't know if they just, if they had Ozzy recreating this shit in the studio or if they just took sound bites from other live Ozzy shit. <laughs> because it's like. As it's a fucking chaotic song, it is. But you know, you hear there'll be like interjections of like Ozzy, like everybody make some fucking noise, like you know his stage banter, right? And I don't know if it's like stuff they just pulled off of like other live recordings of Ozzy, or if they had him do it in in it. But it kind of it adds to it, right? The funny thing about you saying that it's chaotic because it is, yeah. Is that really? It's it's studio chaos, you know, because it's all the the chaos is created on the mixing board. Yeah. You know what I mean. But this song, though, actually, like you can't, you do get the feeling of an actual jamming band for at least for a minute. Yeah. Which is something that's kind of absent from a lot of these other songs. Yeah. So yeah, so to me, that's that's why I kind of like this song, you know, more than more than most of the other ones. I know I'm never alone I've been to places you should never go Yeah, no, that's one that I still wouldn't call it like an all-time classic right. Ozzy song. But it was fun, and I enjoyed it, and I would listen to it again. Yeah, it there might, you go. You know, it's the the record itself wouldn't get into my rotation. Go. No. 
but maybe a couple of tracks type of thing. Right. But maybe not. I, that happens to me a lot when something's new. I'll kind of like, oh, this might work its way in, but then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. All right. And the last song on the record is actually the first song that we heard because it was that Post Malone song. Yeah. Take What You Want. Which I guess that's like a bonus track. Yeah, bonus track on this on this album. And it's really I mean, it's the best thought out, most complete song on the record. Yeah. Because mostly because it was made for a dude that's in the big hot part of his career. Yeah. So it has to be well done. And it is. You know, of course. There's drum machines yeah. on it, auto-tune on it. But one thing that I can say, it's one of the best solos on the record. Yeah. So. I mean, it was, you know, it's one of them things, like I said, it was made for Post Malone. Mm-hmm. It's a post, It's a Post Malone song that features Ozzy. Right. They got put on this as a bonus track. Right. So for all intents and purposes, It's a Raid is the last track on right. it. Right, right. this was just giving people like, oh, you want that, sin-? I mean. It was written to be a hit single for Post Malone. Right. credibility Mm -hmm. in some ways and it's also a way to maybe people that didn't ever listen to ozzy before right maybe they'll hear that and want to check out ozzy i know and then people who never listened to post malone before yeah like you know also cross over that way because there was when that single first came out there's a lot of people losing their mind because you know a bunch of old people are always mad at children (laughs) but when that song first came out there's a bunch of like you know young kids, and you know before when you're a young kid and you say some ignorant shit, you didn't have the the internet, you know, recording everything you said. Right, right, but right. But it's a bunch of kids going like, "Oh shit, this Ozzy Osbourne dude's gonna blow up." Right, man. Post Malone's like hooking yeah. up, like, you know, yeah. People are gonna know who this guy is. Yeah. So it was a bunch of people acting like. Yeah. Post Malone discovered this new Ozzy Osbourne guy. Right. And it's like, 
fuck it, dude. If someone's 15 years old, I don't expect them to know what right. Ozzy is sometimes. But It was even worse when at some point, I don't remember who it was, but Paul McCartney did a song. Yeah, with, Paul McCartney did a with song. Like with Kanye West or something. Yeah. They're like, yeah, man, Kanye's going to fucking blow up this yeah. Paul McCartney guy. And it's like, fuck, what? dude. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's trolling half the time. It could be. It could it's be. one of those things, though, which was funny. But Because it, got, it's not like you. it's not like if you fucking Google Ozzy, you're going to have any lack of fucking uh, yeah of pointing you in the direction yeah but what was funny to me is how many people were so angry at that concept i'm like man ozzy is like 30 something years removed from his prime yeah we're all fans of ozzy we love him but yeah he's not exactly the most relevant dude no we haven't bought i haven't bought an ozzy album in almost 20 years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i haven't you know you know, he's more people know probably know him from when he did, you know, the Osborne, right? You know, and reality which, show, which kind of is what makes him relevant that you know, his whole relationship with MTV, you know, that kept him in the spotlight way years after, you know, and yeah, helped out a lot of things, I'm sure, financially. Well, that, that and Sharon being able to market him so well and right. Ozfest and right. all that. Kept him as a relevant figure in music. Right. But even then, that faded a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, he Ozzy has a bit a fan base that's not going anywhere. Right. He's never going to expand it no. at this juncture. No. It's not going to be like suddenly a bunch of people are going to discover Ozzy and they're all going to buy his records. Right. But the dude still sell, was selling out arenas mm-hmm. and shit like that. And he didn't have to do it. It's not like when you get some of these bands, like, you know, they have that, the the hair metal tour going on where it's Poison and Def Leppard and shit like that, where by their combined effort, they sell out an arena. Right. Or, you know, when Kiss was touring with Def Leppard, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you know, Ozzy on his own, he's, you know, the main draw. Right. You know, and the thing is, is he still... It kept changing. Yeah, but he had he was supposed to have shit like Megadeth open right. for him, big which, bands. But it's still you go to see Ozzy, and not a lot of bands can claim that. Mm-hmm. It's like you know Metallica can do it, of course. Yeah, um, I don't even think Megadeth on its own can do it anymore. No, they Last, were going to open for Ozzy. Yeah, and you before know, that, Marilyn Manson was going to open for yeah for the next. Uh, yeah. One. Well, it's like like with Megadeth, the last time I saw them is when they're co-headlining with Slayer. Right. So it's Slayer and Megadeth. Right. Then they sell out an arena. Yeah, because then you're two of the big four. Yeah. Shit. And, and it was yeah, two yeah. of the big four, and Testament was the first opener. Right. So it was a good show. But yeah, hell yeah. That's what you see a lot in rock and metal now, is these... Added value shows. Yeah. Not it's, just one thing. It's like when you go to Target and you get, you know... The random DVD pairing of like, <laughs> where it's like yeah, Rush Hour and fucking yeah. Uh, I saw one. It was like Donnie Darko and then some random like comedy, you know. Okay. You know, but yeah, <laughs> where it's like two unrelated movies. Yeah. And it's like great value, one pack, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, that's where you get that though, where you, the the tickets aren't obscenely expensive, and you get a couple of cool bands for the price of one. Right. It's like, Priest in Deep Purple. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Or on the other hand, what you do is you break up and don't do anything for a long time. And then you get back together, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. and then uh, nobody can afford your tickets. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah, uh, that that worked out funny uh, a funny way. Do you kind of, do you know the whole concept of how that worked out? I have no fucking clue. All right, this is how this is what it is. It didn't excite me too much because they weren't going to be coming anywhere near exactly, here anyway. and I wasn't going to go to Oakland. Um, they basically this is what happened. They. Decided that they wanted to try to battle against scalpers, yeah. right? Which is a great idea. Now, the first way that they should fucking uh, battle against scalpers is to fucking cut Ticketmaster out of it completely. Yeah. Right? But I guess they weren't ready to do that big of an undertaking. So they still went through Ticketmaster, although you could get tickets at the box office, yeah. which is important. You know, like if they would have came here, I would have went to the box office, got tickets. Um, so what happened was they said, okay, there's going to be a certain amount of tickets that are going to go to scalpers, right? And then the scalpers are going to be charging like 500 bucks, Yeah. right? So basically what we're going to do is this, we're going to sell the tickets at the, at the regular price, right? And then when them tickets are gone, you can't get those no more. You could still get tickets on Ticketmaster for 300. Yeah. But the rest of the money on top of the um, ticket price will go to charity in that city. Yeah. Right? So that was their way of saying instead of paying 500 for these scalp tickets, you pay 300 for these tickets. Yeah. And even though you're paying more cuz you didn't get them fast enough, at least that money's going to charity or yeah. whatever. But people didn't see none of that shit. They just saw a $300 ticket. Yeah. You know? And fuck you guys, fucking capitalist pigs and yeah. all this shit, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, I'm never one of those who fucking hates on somebody because they fucking were successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking expecting Ice Cube to be fucking walking around Compton fucking drinking a 40. Yeah. You know, uh, that's not how life fucking works. You know? And... and None of these motherfuckers who are who are complaining would turn down that money either. Yeah. You know, so I kind of hate the whole fucking, you know, um, I go after uh, dudes that have shown their greed more uh, across the board. Metallica, for example, you yeah. know, even though I love them, I, I, I still call them out. Rage, I, I didn't have that big of a problem with what they did. I didn't think it was very well thought out. Yeah. But... You know, they, they it was an attempt at doing something good that really didn't work out that well. Yeah, you know? them, you know, those, yeah, it's, 300 bucks a ticket is a hard sell, man. Fuck yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I ain't paying 300 bucks to see nothing. Exactly. Nothing. nothing. I can't think of a single thing I'd pay $300 to go nope. see. No, nope. no. Well, we'll see, because WrestleMania is going to be in L.A. next year. Me and my brother are going to try to go, and I don't know how much it's going to cost to get yeah. to WrestleMania, but, well, it's, you know, it's going to be in the new Rams stadium. Right. So. That'll be a, uh, that'll be, that, that that's a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. That you might want to go out on a limb for. I mean, that's what we're, you know, the wife might go. It might not be so bad, because, like, Richie was able to get a ticket to uh, the one that was at the Superdome. 
Oh, yeah? And I don't think he paid very much for it. I think he was able to just get it on that yeah. day, you know, but... We all, yeah, me and Roxy were talking, and it's like, it's going to be nosebleeds. Yeah, for sure. And I said, I don't even know how cool WrestleMania's going to look from nosebleeds. And she's like, just be honest. Like, you're not there to really watch it at that point. You're right. just there to, to be there. be there. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you got a fucking point. Yeah. Because, like, you know, she said, like, look, I know that WrestleMania is a bucket list for you. Right. And she's become a wrestling fan. Right. Dating me and then getting married. So she's gone to wrestling shows with me. She yeah. went to Survivor Series in L.A. with me and my brother. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I'm not allowed to pick the hotel anymore. Right. Because you find one roach in the hotel <laughs> in, that I was able to afford in Koreatown. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly, I'm not trustworthy yeah. anymore. You know, it... What, it really tripped me out how Korean Koreatown is. Yeah. Like, what we'd stayed at a hotel in Koreatown where everyone who worked there was Korean and everyone that was staying there besides us was Korean. I was tripping out. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I didn't know it was like all this. Yeah, and that's like, you know. But it didn't have no in, roaches, so. Yeah, staying <laughs> in the ground zero of the riots, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole thing where my wife was like, "Yeah, it'll probably get expensive for you because I know how you are. You're gonna want to go to the NXT show the night before. You're gonna want to go to WrestleMania. You're gonna want to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony. Mm. You're gonna want to go to Raw the day after WrestleMania." Oh man, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. But I'm like, you're probably fucking right. Yeah. But that's those. That's the thing is they do have those like all-in-one tickets where. If you go to a pay-per-view, you can also get a ticket to Raw the next night because it's in the same city. Right. Type of thing. So right. you can make a weekend out of it or a couple of days That's out of cool. it. That's cool. We got real far off of what we're off talking of Ozzy. about. Where that happens a lot. Ozzy has been at WrestleMania. So, you know, boom. There brought it go. back. Now, I think I know what's next for Ozzy. And, Probably and, dying uh, of his uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> Parkinson's. I mean, but before then. Because... Um, you know, back when, uh, I mean, obviously, Michael Jackson was one of the biggest recording artists of all time. Yeah. And then he had issues of various kinds that yeah, made no it, shit. like, difficult for him to, like, make an album, you know? And so he never made a, he never made, like, a like a really great album the last, like, 10 years of his life. Yeah. Because uh, he just, you know, he had the... The legal issues, the health issues, the fucking, we didn't know it, but he was getting put under instead of sleeping and shit, yeah. and shit like that. Now, at that time, I was thinking because I saw the uh, the trend of rappers having famous singers sing their hooks, right? And I was like, dude, no one, literally no one would be better at this than Michael Jackson. Yeah. like And having Michael Jackson on your song... Would blow it up immediately. Oh yeah, know? I mean that happened back in the back in the day with that. Uh, Somebody's watching me. Yeah, song just people that song blew up just because Michael Jackson was singing on the chorus. Right. So so uh, so I thought that that should that was a no brainer. You know, it never happened. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it was him. I don't know if it was producers or managers, whatever the fuck. But it never happened. I think that's the next, because obviously I'm thinking that, you know, not to be callous or anything, I just think it's the way she thinks. 
she's still thinking about how to get money out of it, out of yeah. you know this situation, and that would be the way. You know, they already did it once. You know, yeah. and so there's no reason that you know can't you know do a little hook here and there for this yeah. dude or that dude or whatever. He's done it. I mean, he did it with uh, Busta Rhymes long time ago. Yeah, now. but you know. To be fair, Busta Rhymes was not quite sampling because it was a re-recording, but he used the riff from Iron Man for This right. Means War, and then Ozzy sang the hook. Right. And it was new lyrics. Right. And, you know, so he's done that in the past. I mean, it, it worked out with Post Malone. I don't see why someone wouldn't want to have Ozzy do right. a couple lines on a song. Right. Stuff and like that, just to, because he's got such a unique voice. Exactly, too, that's what it is. That it makes it, you know, interesting to, yeah. s- to listen to. And it's an anomaly, you know, because like, I mean, not that American Idol <clears throat> or something would be like a, a litmus test for anything. Yeah. But it's almost kind of what I mean when I say that so and so doesn't have like a traditional. What I mean is they probably wouldn't get out of the first round of American Idol. Yeah. You know, and that's the case for Ozzy. You know, that's the case for a lot of, for a lot of dudes that, that just happen to fit the style of music that we like, yeah. you know, or whatever. And, and I think then, Dio would do good. Oh, Dio would do Island. great. Yeah. Dio would be a <laughs> finalist, you know, uh, so would Halford, yeah. you know, type, those type of dudes. Um, but yeah, so I think that would be, you know, a possible, uh, possible way for uh and you know it's not without the possibility that somebody is who thought yeah you know uh post malone is really gonna blow up ozzy and then went and found out who ozzy was for them to just click on some fucking something and then have it be like over the mountain or something yeah and just be like fuck What's this, you know? And yeah, that next, would be cool. Next thing you know, they're buying a black V and putting polka dots on it or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah, man. I mean, you know, uh, you never know how how some people some people come to heavy metal the long way. Yeah. You know, and, and in a way, it's kind of good to keep it alive. You know, one thing that's funny about Ozzy in comparison to other guys... It's going to be real difficult to do Ozzy tributes because yeah, nobody really, nobody sounds like that. Nobody yeah. sounds like it. They definitely don't look like it. And so yeah. you showed it. Every time you see a band with a fake Ozzy, yeah. it just fucking looks whack. Yeah, it doesn't look like Ozzy at all. It just doesn't sound like Ozzy. Calling them the Party City Aussies. Yeah. Man. It's like, it's just some dude in a shitty wig all in the time. In a shitty wig. A shitty flat wig wearing some uh yeah the problem is when you get a fake aussie in a band they they go they go in two different directions it's either a dude that looks nothing like aussie and is skinny and this and that but yeah. he can kind of mimic it a little bit but right. he can't capture the aussiness of it right and then there's a fat aussie right in a lot of bands so it's just a fat guy that can kind of pull off aussie right but the thing is it's just like he can't pull off Fat Ozzy the way Fat Ozzy did because yeah. Fat Ozzy was like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Yeah, like you have to really commit to a to a Fat Ozzy, and what it <laughs> what it is is it's usually just a fat guy 
with yeah, a wig on, with a wig on and yeah. wearing black. Like you don't see a fat guy with a buzz cut and a kimono, right? And shit. Like you don't see that. You right. Don't see, you don't see anybody imitating that Aussie. Which you know what? I would probably watch something like that more than the millionth, you know, Zach Wild era Ozzy Osbourne tribute. Right. You know? Right. Seems like that's what they go for all the time. Yeah. It's always a fake Zach. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen, um, yeah, I saw the uh, the band here in town that they have Zach. And um, uh, it was okay. It was, uh, the, the dude, the Zach guy was Zach, yeah. like practically. Yeah, you know? it's just a big dude with a big burly beard. With a big beard, beard and, a, and yeah. a Les Paul and yeah. shredding, you know, and squealing and all that. And he did a good job. Uh, I think the guy, the Aussie guy's name is Dave Diaz. He has, um, he's on Facebook and everything like that. And, uh, the other one that I've seen is a, is a band called Disaster Train that this dude, Ralph Salazar, he's a cool dude. He's a drummer and he's in that band. And the first time that I ever saw them, they weren't trying to do the look. They were just trying to play the song. Yeah. And there was some stupid dude in the audience going, Where's Ozzy? Where's Ozzy? Uh, like the fact that nobody was dressed up like Ozzy really bothered this dude. Yeah. You know, and he just couldn't let it go or whatever. So, okay, whatever. And, so uh, I throw a wig on the motherfucker. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think they've gone with the look now. I haven't seen them lately. I know they've been through a couple of guitar players. But from from what I hear, they've, they've gotten better. And uh, and they were already pretty good. So and their old dude was a Randy guy. Their old guitar player was a Randy guy. He didn't really pull it off, but he, you know, it was still sounded good to me. You know, it was still recognizable as an imitation of Randy. Exactly, Rose. exactly. Which I like because fuck it, you know, that's like what I do when I. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's just it's gonna be rough to find somebody who 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 can do that. I mean, also too. I mean, you know. I know that there's a Dio cover band uh, called One Night in the City around uh -huh. here, somewhere like that. And I'm looking forward to seeing them because I still, you know, I haven't heard anybody sound like Dio either. Yeah, so, it's interesting that we're kind of in the, I feel like we're in the height of like the tribute band era now. Yeah. All the original dudes are getting old and falling off and retiring. So right. now it's like... Oh, you can see right. a better show overall than you would see with the original guys. Yep. And it's probably free or for, cheap. For very, very cheap. Yeah. For, you know, the cost of a couple of beers when you're there or right. something sometime. Right. So it's like, you know, so you get all these tribute acts and some of them are very, very good. Yeah. And you go and you hear all the songs you like and they're going to play the hits. Right. It's like you said, some of these dudes, they need to go and watch tribute acts and see what... And put together a set list. And see what they're playing and what the crowds are reacting to instead of fucking playing your entire new album that nobody bought with a couple of hits to try to appease everybody. Right. Right. Now, the thing I was telling Lonnie and I go, and this would be good for them, it would be good for us, it would be good for everyone... Is that these bands, I mean, you're going, you're spending a lot of time learning these fucking songs. Some of these songs are hard as fuck, you know, for a guitarist or for a drummer. Some of these songs are fucking hard. And you're breaking down the style of this band. 
And basically, if you're in a tribute band, you basically know this band inside and out more than most people do. You know, because you've learned all their songs and shit. It would be so easy to take that knowledge and write songs in a similar style. Mm-hmm. You know, your own songs. And and use that as a platform for to get new shit in the style that people obviously already like. You know? Like, I don't know why more bands don't write songs like the Scorpions. Yeah. Who had more hits than the Scorpions? You know? Yeah. Mostly everything that has that many hits, people try to copy it. Yeah. But nobody's done that. And it's such a simple formula, you could do it. So if you're in a if you're in a Scorpions tribute band, it would like behoove you to just write like songs that are like vaguely fucking nasty and about sex yeah. and about but still kind of uh have love in the title, yeah. you know, somehow and whatever, you know, and I don't know. I think that might be the future of, of heavy metal if there is one, because the thing is, it takes so much to like write a good heavy metal song and find a good heavy metal singer and find a great lead guitar player and all that shit. It takes so much that it's like, Almost as if the record industry don't have patience for that shit no more. Yeah. You know, and you might not find your sound on that first record, and they don't got no patience for that shit either. So it might be the thing is to work out your shit while you're in this tribute band. And it, the Steel Panther fucking uh, modality of yeah. doing it, that that might be the way we're going to get our next wave of metal bands. Could be. Hopefully there is a next wave of metal bands. Yeah, I mean the way it started off before, like you said, way back there wasn't such a thing as tribute bands. Right. But yeah, cover bands. Cover bands, exactly. Metallica went out there and they just played a whole lot of Diamond Head. Right. And right. they had maybe one or two of their own songs that they slid in there. Yeah. But they covered a band that nobody really knew. Right. Stateside, so everybody thought that was all Metallica shit. Right. That they were playing. There you go. And then they eventually found their own sound right. while doing that. Right, which was still kind of similar to Yeah. Yeah. And that and that and that would be the way this would work. You know, that you know, and I hope it does. So uh as far as Ozzy, man, I mean, you know, I hope that he I mean, you know, I, I there's no coming back from Parkinson's, yeah. obviously. Um, but I hope he has uh, you know, a good uh, comfortable rest of his of his yeah. life and you know and and uh i i like hearing him talk and i still like you know uh listening to his interviews and and if he's gonna be on some more songs and shit like that great you know i'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that you know i yeah i wish him the best um like you said you think he might have another record in him i don't and i don't particularly need one right um Unless he decides to go completely opposite direction. Right. And it's like, hey, let's fucking fuck it. Let's throw some money at him and let's get Jakey Lee to play on us a thing again. You know, well, see, I mean, that ideally for me, there would be like anybody who ever auditioned for Ozzy or was rumored Mm -hmm. to be in that spot, which the names are a million. Go to those guys and say, hey, man, do you happen to have a song that you think would be perfect for Ozzy? If you are, we're putting together. It's almost like a tribute album to Ozzy, but while he's yeah. still alive, you know? 
and he's going to sing on it, obviously, and, you know, and so bring your best shit if you got something, you know, and fucking have George Lynch on it, have Steve Vai on it, yeah. have fucking Zach on it, obviously, Yes, G, you know, you know Brad Reese. Gillis. Yeah, get fucking, Rudy Sarzo back. For yeah, some shit. man. Yeah, you know, you know? Get some of them dudes. Uh, Bob Daisley, baby. Yeah, is Bob Daisley still alive? Yeah, man. <laughs> he looks just like Sharon Osbourne. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He looks just like old pictures of Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> oh shit, what was that? Uh, dog coughing in the background. Damn it. All right, so that's about it for this episode of the Metal Shop Podcast. On Ozzy Osbourne, future, past, and present. Um, anything else? I think that's it. I All think it's right. a pretty good final wrap up going over Ozzy's potentially last record. Right. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of stuff that so much stuff happened with Ozzy over the last few weeks. It behooved us to have another episode yeah. focusing on Ozzy. Yeah, it's in the news, man. It's in the news. So. And and you know, and we've discussed it. Ad nauseum, probably because of the tickets. Yeah. So the saga is over. You yeah. know, uh, actually, not yet. I'll report back once I have the fucking actual well, refund yeah. because once I, once you I never know how then. that's going to go. <laughs> but um, all right. So until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out.